Hello and welcome to this NLive's Open for Business podcast platform. My name is Adrian Price, the guy from the university, as I keep saying, with the perfect face for radio. And I host a show every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. called Open for Business. Open for Business celebrates the very best of business in Northampton and Northamptonshire and brings together business, civic, charity and indeed academic leaders to talk about the business environment, to talk about initiatives and projects, especially where, they're, where they are all working together for the good of the community. So enjoy these extended interviews on this podcast. They're now set up as a standalone for you to savour and uh, to learn from some of the movers and shakers in the county. Enjoy. Always looking to celebrate uh, good local companies and good local companies that do good in the community and are sort of our, our business beacons in many, many ways. I'm delighted now to welcome two guys, not one, but two guys from ACS, Northamptonshire-based um, company, and a pleasure to welcome John Thorpe, who's the founder and MD, managing director, and Connor Slasberg, who is technology, external technology consultant. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Great for you to come on and thank you for giving of your time. John, just tell us, you know, what does ACS do or what did it set out to do when you founded it? Well, we founded it 26 years ago. Uh, 26 years ago, we started very much as an IT business, quickly evolved to uh, own the workplace. So today we do cybersecurity, technology, products and services. We do uh, lease lines, connectivity to buildings and the telephony. And then we also design the new workplace. And I'll call it the new workplace, Adrian, because after the pandemic, you know, people are working obviously more remotely and in the office, uh, and it's a new workplace we're now designing. So uh, we've been doing 26 years, as I say, and uh, uh, yeah, really excited about coming out of this pandemic, as I'm sure we all are. I can imagine. Well, we'll come on to the design the new workplace in a, in a minute. What um, you know, what was the motive for you, and what was the experience you drew on to set up your own business all those years ago? Well, bizarrely, I, I, I graduated from Nen College, which uh, arguably today is Northampton University. Yes, um, and so that was uh, a long, long time ago when many of your listeners probably weren't born, but that was in 1991. Adrian and I, I fell out in a recession, difficult to get a job, eventually got a job, worked for a corporate for three years that got into financial difficulty because of that recession. And we started ACS and I was with a colleague called John Harley, incredible chap, uh, and some funding from a guy called Mick Spittle. And we slowly started to grow ACS. Um, just with a passion for doing great service on IT and IT support. As I said earlier, then it evolved to owning the workplace because IT and the workplace are so closely integrated now. Uh, and it gives us a unique position in the marketplace. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's how it all started. Um, so fond, fond memories of the university um, and... Uh, yeah, passionate about our university and our students doing well. Indeed, thank you. So the corporate culture then, you know, you're saying it's customer service, it's uh, passion. I like to hear those words in a business context. Um, Connor, tell us a bit about this 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 customer service ethos then and, and what it means to you. Um, I think 
from our side of things, my role is focused on the, um, the IT side of things, the IT and cyber security. And I think what we do really well, we're, we're of the understanding that any IT support company should be able to do IT support as a fundamental, that, that should be a given. And, and I think where our, our customer focus comes from in, in that area is looking at how we can help businesses put strategy and a plan together around how to get from where they are today to where they want to be with technology. Um, one of the things I enjoy about my role, but it's that it's that honest communication that we we have with customers, you know, being transparent when there's limitations in what we can achieve in an area, um, or, or if we if we foresee there's going to be a struggle in a, in a certain part, and just making sure that we're we're as transparent and honest as possible when we're on a journey with a customer to you know bring on board a new support contract or or, or, or implement a new project. That transparency is key in in how we work with our customers, and I think it's why. You know, once we have a customer, they tend to tend to stick with us. And then in today's world, Adrian, just to add to, to add to that, it's security first. With cyber security, what we've seen before the pandemic and during the pandemic, it's definitely the security of the network first, uh, and then still maintaining a great user experience uh, of using their IT. So, John, how many people are you in the business now? And are you selling and servicing local companies or national companies or international companies? Yeah, so when, when we started, it was very much a 50-mile focus. We employed just shy of 100 people. Revenue is about 26 million in the core business this year. So 26 million in our 26th year. That's <laughs> wow. a bit of a, a note to it. Uh, and then we have a pure cloud business as well called Datastore 365. And that, that was born in the cloud uh, and that's pure technical play on all cloud services. Um, so yeah, uh, headcounts reasonable. Uh, it's at a size where we're still very agile to adjust to small, medium, and larger clients. We went on the government frameworks during the pandemic in January 2020. Um, just, just, um, and that's opened new doors for our business to really scale, Adrian. So to put that in context, we're now doing business with the Ministry of Defence, the Intellectual Property Office. It's endless. The number of new uh, NHS bodies, universities that have never been open to us before. And we, we've really started to do well with the public sector and we see great growth opportunity there. So, yeah, that's where we are. So that's brilliant. You're the founder and obviously the passion and the entrepreneurial spirit. Um, so you see a step change then in, in the business. And, you know, are you personally now going to go through it all again and those growth pains or, or have you got a strong management team around you? You know, we, we, we're super blessed to have uh, with a run a, a day's course yesterday. It's a team I call the Super Six that we put together during the during the pandemic. And this is our senior leadership team. They're on a strategy day yesterday and they're empowered. They have the autonomy to drive the business forward. Uh, and then uh, the board, if you like, where, you know, we, we're very much helping with that strategy, getting our hands dirty. You know, we really get our hands dirty still with the guys. Um, but it's, it's, we're blessed to have such a strong leadership team mm -hmm. and, and people like Connor, on the bus with us as well, who are making a difference. So the board, how many on the board? Is your original partner still with you or not? He's not. He exited in good timing. So he, he got out just before <laughs> the pandemic. So uh, 
uh, so John did his, uh, his, his two sons are on the board now, um, Kevin, our finance director, Mark Andrews, our CIO, um, and uh, who have I missed there? I've missed one. God, it's not me. No, it's not. <laughs> so yeah, so Kevin, Mark, Stephen, Michael, and I sit on the board, and then we've got a non-exec director and a gentleman called Justin. Um, so yeah, strong board, um, strong leadership team behind us, uh, and we've 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 got a real opportunity. SMEs, yes, because we still class ourselves as an SME, but uh, we're seeing real growth in mid-market and public sector. And mm -hmm. to answer your question. We also now look after clients outside of the UK on the support side of things. If I can just um, add one thing there as well, Adrian, you mentioned about the step change and do you see it, you know, starting on that on that growth again. I think we're a business that's really well positioned with the, the changes that have happened to the workplace in that, you know, when I joined ACS, it was nine, three years ago now, and, and it was an IT focused role. I didn't at first grasp the concept of I work for a company that does IT and also sales chairs and desks I, I, I didn't understand the marriage <laughs> the conversation we're having quite frequently now is you know as we're starting to work out as businesses how we want to bring people back into the office it's about enticing people rather than telling them they need to be there yeah. and technology is absolutely critical to that but so is creating an environment a culture that, that allows that technology to thrive and, and and drive what it needs to for for staff so i think what we what we've got now is just great foundations to bring all of our, our different pillars that John mentioned there together and make sure that we really work well across them to, to deliver that experience for customers, especially trying to adapt to teams and, and all the new working practices in a, in a traditional open office. You need someone that's got an eye on how the technology will work, but also making sure the environment caters to that. So yeah, I think that step change, we're in a really good place to, um, I suppose, deliver even more for our customers than we were uh, pre-pandemic. No, it certainly sounds like, and I'll come back on to the owning the office uh, in a second, but just to ask you, Connor, firstly, if you're not on the board, are you on the senior leadership team? And secondly, what's John like as a boss? Go on, tell us the real secret. Uh, I'm not on the senior leadership team yet, but we'll, we'll see how I do off the back of this call. And then, <laughs> um, no, it's, um, it's good. No, John's great. We, you know, throughout the, throughout the pandemic, we've had... A few of us that have, have, have stuck in the office to make sure we keep presence. There's been a, a small but regular team that have been in the office. Um, and John's been brilliant. We all have a good laugh. John sits out, out with us all as well. So, so, you know, there's no offices as such in, in, in ACS House. Um, but yeah, brilliant. We've, we've got a culture which I think allows people like me that are still relatively new to uh, the working world to still have an input, not feel afraid to voice on, on the direction we think and the value we think we can add. Um, and I think that's really important. We've got some great young people in the business at the minute that are empowered to add value and, and, and learn in the right way. So yeah, I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna brush his ego too much. But yeah, John, John, John's good to work with. <laughs> okay. So and you've got you see the prospects for you personally, which is which is great. So this yeah. concept this concept, John, of owning the office. Then, when you know, when did you embrace this? And obviously, the COVID has caused a lot of rethinking about the nature of work and the style of work. But when did you first hit on this owning the office concept, which I think is fabulous? Well, it's it's it's, it's a huge headache that when you put in a, a fresh IT environment into a client's, you know, nobody's thinking about the cabling, nobody's thinking about 
video and audio visual and, and you know, uh, which is the norm, isn't it, for everybody today, you know, in the pandemic. But nobody, nobody was thinking about creating quiet spaces for colleagues to work with the right technology, you know, video rooms with the right technology and the right look and feel. Um, and it is just, we, we now have an interiors director, three designers uh, work in that team, uh, and then the consultants. And they're, they're you know, it's, you've got to be more than just providing a design of an office. You've got to understand how that office needs to work for the culture of that business. And that means you need to understand technology as well. So we're uniquely placed, Adrian, if that makes sense. Um, but um, it's just something we've always done. We're, we're doing 60 offices at the moment for a client, 60 offices through the pandemic. It is, we are running at a pace on this. Mm. Um, and what's been illustrated all the way through there is the IT is not being thought about as, as well as it needs to be thought about. And so we've been able to pick up a lot of the IT work, which we weren't originally uh, commissioned to do. So we picked up all the Wi-Fi, we picked up the cabling, we, we picked up all the audiovisual. We've um, and now we're talking to the client um, about more strategically their IT roadmap, their cybersecurity moving forward. So um, it, it is all about the workplace, and whether that's you're working from home or working in the office, it's the workplace, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, you're, so your your product then, you know, I guess is is less about the kit. It's more about a productive and you know, uh, or an environment that employees can be productive within, right, for the company. So you're giving solutions on productivity to your clients. Yeah, absolutely, works what I do, not where I go. You're giving productivity. You're giving an understanding of how people want to work moving forward. If they're going to come back into the office. I think I believe strongly the office needs to be much more a collaboration zone first. Yeah. So that in our business, you know, we're, we're together more with our engineers, with our consultants, with our customers, and we're creating spaces that just, just give that, you know, that talking, that collaboration, the corridor conversations of old, uh, more naturally, and I think that'll bring more people together in the office. Well, just to add to that, I think we've got a responsibility with you know that owning the workplace conversation to to be ahead of the curve and advising our customers, the people that we work with, of, of challenges that we anticipate businesses are going to face. A perfect example of this is you know people have got used to working on teams, sat at home in a nice quiet room, or obviously with the, with the distractions of home life, but but they, they've got that space for it. You know, coming back to an open plan office where there isn't that quiet space, they might not have a broadband that's capable of hosting 50 people on Teams calls at any given time. Yeah. We, it's our responsibility to make sure our customers are aware of the infrastructure challenges of a return to the new office, that, that, that the environment is suitable for the new working practices. I don't think that's something that a lot of companies can can say they can see because we've got the view from the interiors perspective, we've got the view from the technology perspective, the cyber security perspective. So I'd say there's that added responsibility on us as a business to make sure that we're going to our customers with those recommendations, those challenges we envisage, 
and, and briefing them before they before they come up against them and, and helping them get ahead of the curve as well. So yeah, definitely an added responsibility for us as a business with the um, I suppose where we see our skill set. Yeah, well, it's, I think it's a brilliant concept as a sort of big picture strategist. You know, I just I just love that um, approach. Now, COVID, just tell us really your experience of COVID in the last two years as a business. Um, and, you know, you're talking about the office going back. My personal view is that I and I hope that we um, are allowed to have a choice or, you know, people can work from home far more. But I also think there's still a need for space, albeit less space. Now, the uni went to hot desking, you know, before the pandemic. I, d- I didn't always like that. Um, I'm very happy working from home, but, you know, go in when I need to. And I'm trusted to go in when I need to. I'm trusted to do my work and deliver within X period of um, X period of time. So, you know, are you are you wanting everyone to go back or do you accept the world will be much more blended going forward? So firstly, what was the impact of COVID on your business? Secondly, how do you see the future of work uh, emerging in terms of that blend between working from home and working in the uni? John? Well, I would say, you know, if I go back to March 2020, um, we were feeling great. And then the pandemic hit. We just had our best trading year in 24 years at the time, Adrian. Um, In May, we went off a cliff. The business went off a cliff. It was brutal. Personal lives were, were also, you know, difficult for many as we all know you know i know personally i you know i lost my father due to covid and uh, the business went off a cliff um there was so much uncertainty people weren't spending uh and it was hugely difficult and i think credit to the super six that senior leadership team credit to the board you know we just went into over communicate over communicate and where we saw opportunity we went for it and we went for it uh, heavily in public sector and we did very well. A couple of NHS trusts springs to mind um, and and some other government areas. Uh, We gave 50% discount to all our money service customers to help them through the pandemic um, and and more favorable terms to some of the hospices and other third sector organizations we look after obviously. Um, it was brutal, and um, and then we got a bit lucky, and I, I would argue you make your own luck, but that was just, just really focusing really hard on where the opportunities were, Adrian, and we, we ended up going through that pandemic okay to good, yeah. Um, we did some incredible stuff like Tech Together at the beginning of last year in lockdown three, which was giving hundreds of children a laptop. Uh, Businesses were giving them to us to repurpose. Our engineers were coming in at weekends and evenings to repurpose those laptops to give back to kids for learning. Something we call Tech Together with Ben Ben Thomas, who I think you made out, and Matt Coleman at the NEN Trust. And it was stuff like that, that all of a sudden your, your belief system in just people, and I've got engineers going through brick walls for each other. Yeah. Um, I was, I was, I was humbled. I wouldn't believe at times through that pandemic. Um, I've never been on an emotional roller coaster, and I've done three recessions now. Um, but it was, it was at times so humbling. And um, 
and then huge pride in what I was seeing with people in the organization. Our first employee 26 years ago is still with us, Claire. And she bleeds blue, Adrian. Yeah, she bleeds ACS. And, uh, you know, not one day she didn't have a smile on her face, whether that's on a team's call or whether she was in the office. And I'm sure she had her challenges like everybody did through that pandemic. Yeah. So, um, and, and as I say, so I think that's probably a long answer to the first part of the question. That's a great, great, powerful uh, testimony, John. You know, delighted to hear it. Well done. Well done. Well, and then you get to my belief in people, and that is a trust culture. And I've you used this phrase to that word trust two or three times. And uh, so we have a trust culture. We've gone to what I call dynamic working. Um, the guys we would like in, ladies, two days a week, we would like to see them because I do believe that collaboration culture, um, you can younger people learn faster, quicker if they're mentored by people like Connor and I. Yeah. Um, and Simon, I could go through the business. There's so many people that are helping mentor younger, mentor younger people in our organization. I don't believe that works well enough on a remote basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have dynamic working. Uh, it's a trust culture. Uh, it gives people the autonomy to work what's best for them in and around their um, home life. Um, as long as we're there for the customers, that's what we need to be. Yeah. So, uh, so we're, we're, we're quietly confident. And a lot of our competition have got people in five days a week. And I think there's an opportunity for us to grow and attract new talent who want a more flexible, dynamic way of working and work for a company that really, you know, really cares, Adrian, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, you know, I think this this is a question being asked um, around the world in the UK. Obviously, the government would like everybody to go back into London and compute, commute every day. The lost time in commuting, the, you know, the climate change. I think we have an opportunity to to make an adjustment here. But interestingly, look at the large, you know, con, uh, audit firms. Deloitte's, I think, are, are allowing people a degree of flexibility, you know, Price Waterhouse Coopers want everybody to come back. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. And if we are going to face what might be a structural change in the um, real estate market, commercial real estate, but you know what, leveling up, if more people spend more time back in their towns and their villages and going to the local Starbucks rather than going to the Starbucks in the city of London, it might just help the leveling up agenda as well. So I'm, you know, from an intellectual academic perspective, I'm curious to see how that goes. I've got my own views, which I've probably shared. Maybe I shouldn't, but, you know, do you think we are we are facing a sort of step change here, John? And, and that, as you say, you can still benefit from because work environment is going to have to change. So the change drives your business, doesn't it, really? So, so these new business models being created, Adrian. So if you, if you just use real estate, you, did that, you referenced it there. If you look at the serviced office sector, you know, people like WeWork, Regis, Office Space in Town, you know, companies like Office Space in Town have, adjusted very quickly and now you can book a desk for the day or for two days a week or yeah. do you know what I mean or a blend of the meeting room and the service desk mm-hmm. um, so I think these new business models are being created I think uh, my passion as you know is to buy local and I think um, you know 
um, I can hear John Bird, Sir John Bird, the guy who founded the big issue, saying that, you know, you spend a pound locally, it's equivalent mushrooms up to like £1.80 or something in the local economy. I mean, why we don't buy more local, I don't understand, you know, as a, as a society. Um, but I'm hoping we do as public sector organisations, as businesses, as, as, you know, you know, just in our homes, we buy more local because otherwise, you know, it's, it's, it's going to get tougher and tougher for some of those smaller organisations. Yeah. And to add to what John said a minute ago about how we're working and um, the, the business models that are emerging, my role is speaking to businesses of various different industries and, and there is no pattern at the minute for what businesses do. Some will have staff in five days a week, some will not have them in at all. And I think, you know, the one thing to be conscious of now is uh, there's more power to, to an employee and that if they're not happy with what a business decides to do, there will be someone else in that industry out there that is offering the complete work from home, the hybrid work, the, the five days in the office. I think the absolute, we're not going to see, and I hate this term, the new normal, but it is true. We're not going to see those patterns for a good two years. I don't think when businesses have done trial and error and found what's worked for that. But the absolutely critical thing that I see is engagement. I get that, you you know, as a business and a leadership team, you have to make some decisions around what, what that looks like. But engagement's critical to make sure that everyone buys into what you decide to do. As John, John refers to it as being on the bus, you know, you need, a, you need all of your team on the bus. Yeah, yeah. and aligned with what you want to achieve to, to get the most out of productivity. And I, I think that's probably the area where some businesses will slip through in not asking the staff what, what they want to see. I think that engagement piece is critical. No, very, very wise words. Very wise words indeed. I mean, really, it's a passion of mine, and perhaps we should talk about this offline for us, you know, separately, but uh, sustainability linked or crossed over with localism. And so, John, your comments about localism are very, very pertinent. And in fact, I wanted to ask you as a business about your community work. Uh, you mentioned the, um, the IT and the computers going into schools. Um, you know, what other things are you doing as an enlightened and um, uh, you know, a very modern uh, business within the community in which you're based? Wow. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, Adrian, we've always done stuff for the community so whether whether that's the sponsorship of the local football team whether that's the sponsorship of the saints and you know uh, which we do whether that's um giving up time to support say cynthia hospice um uh, giving to third sector because we obviously rip out a lot of offices and put in new and the old stuff as a as a can be repurposed into third sector third sector organizations so we've done that very recently. Um, we have a band. We put in an ACS band uh, that we we put together. Uh, we're in our fifth year, and we do that to raise money for. Is that Hospital. the old rocker in you, John? Is that, is that uh, you know, know, misspent you know, youth or something? Frustrated <laughs> youth. Do you know, Adrian? They kicked me out of the band after day one, after the first night. We had a sellout crowd, and they kicked me out. I now get a tambourine, and they call me Bez out the Happy Mondays. So. <laughs> But I'm band manager now, but they're a very talented uh, band and we've got a gig, uh, I think, scheduled mid-April, our next gig. Um, but that, that's raising money for Cynthia Hospice. Um, the, the guys are encouraged to do... We, we used, yeah, the, the, 
you just got to give back at every opportunity. And I think we do that. And uh, we don't talk about, we used to talk about it in the first 10, 15 years of the business. You know, I, I can think about people running marathons in this business, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, um, doing the three peaks as a team here and raising tens of thousands of pounds for local good causes. And um, we still do that stuff, but we don't talk about it, bizarrely. Um, it's just, just, just part of our culture now, but it's not something that we arguably publicize, talk about. Um, I don't know why, maybe we should. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll talk with you afterwards about um, one reason why you might want to sort of gather that or capture it or try to assess some sort of social value to it. But um, it's been fascinating to hear and, and the passion comes through without a shadow of doubt. If people want to find out more, Connor, what, where would you direct them in terms of a website or, or how do they get in touch with you guys? Yeah, so we've, we've got uh, acs365.co.uk. There's channels on there if people want to see a bit more about what we do um, or get in contact with us. Obviously, you've got LinkedIn. So if anyone's out there um, wanting to review IT, look at audits or review the workplace, you know, myself and John on, on LinkedIn, we'd be more than happy to engage with people on there. Um, those are the main channels. We're out and about in networking all the time. We're always out in the community as well, so people are welcome to, to speak to us there. But uh, uh, any any initial inquiries, our, our number is 01604704000. So give a call in. We, we'd love to see how we can support. Okay, so that's www.acs365.co.uk. acs365.co.uk. Phone number 01604704000. Yep. Oh, sorry, I was just going to add to that, Adrian, as well. Um, over the last few months, we've really ramped up the content we've got on our YouTube channel, which you can find at ACS365. Um, some great content in there around case studies from our customers. Um, get to know some of the staff at ACS as well. That's, uh, yeah, if you if you want to learn a bit more about what we do, that's a great place to go to. And now, and now, Boris, and now Boris has opened the doors again, Adrian. You're welcome, and any business is welcome, to come and grab a coffee at ACS House on Brat Mills. And the coffee's pretty good. Um, and the environment, you can see, um, you know, what we're doing differently yeah. to, to, to encourage this new way and support this new way of working. I would, I would love to. Now, as I always introduce my show as having the perfect face for radio, YouTube and video is a whole new dimension. So <laughs> I, I shall look forward to, to those. Um, no, indeed. It's um, well, a fascinating insight into a very local company, ACS. Um, are doing so much, not only in supplying kit or servicing IT, but actually this integrated holistic view of the owning the office and making sure that people are working, you know, their well-being and the productivity. And I think you're so on message in terms of all the CSR and ESG stuff. Uh, it really has been a joy to learn more about your business. And yes, I shall definitely take you up on the coffee. So you've been listening to Connor Slasberg, who is the external technology consultant and obviously an up and coming talent in um, in ACS. Uh, I don't know when his next appraisals due, John, but, you know, <laughs> you'll be kind to him. And uh, John Thorpe, the founder and the managing director. Uh, and this is acs365.co.uk. Gentlemen, thank you ever so much for your time and sharing with us those insights. Keep safe, keep well, and keep up the great work. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. There are plenty more here on the podcast platform. And of course, you can always listen on uh, live on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 p.m. on NLive Radio 106.9 FM 
or digitally via nliveradio.com. Um, if you'd like to know more about the radio station, please do look at nliveradio.com. And um, we're always looking for support from the community and further afield. So if you'd like to support us, please go to nliveradio.com slash support us. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.